outdoor adventure won't wait for engine problems. Things like hard starts, rough performance, and lost fuel economy are often caused by fuel gum and varnish buildup. Seafoam can help your engine run better and last longer. You simply pour a can into your gas tank. Hunters and anglers rely on Seafoam to keep their engines running the way it should the entire season. So pick up a can of Seafoam today at your local auto parts store or visit SeafoamWorks.com to learn more. Oh, 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 O'Reilly! You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Welcome to the Wired to Hunt podcast. Your home for deer hunting news, stories, and strategies. And now, your host, Mark Kenyon. Welcome to the Wired to Hunt podcast. I'm your host, Mark Kenyon. This is episode number 174. And today in the show, we're back with another Rut Radio episode in which we're getting real-time updates from hunters across the country about current deer activity and behavior and the tactics that are working right now. Alright, welcome to the Wired to Hunt podcast brought to you by Sitka Gear. And we are back for another one of our Rut Radio episodes in which we are checking in every week throughout the 2017 hunting season, chatting with deer hunters from across the country to find out about the current deer activity, uh, current rutting activity possibly as that starts ramping up, deer behavior, current conditions and how that's impacting deer. And we even get into the different types of tactics that people are trying right now whether or not those are working, and then what we're expecting in the days to come. Um, So that's the game plan for today. We've been doing this for a few weeks already this season. I've already been getting people telling me about how it's been helping them, so that's really encouraging, Uh, and it means, Spencer, you're doing a good job. Uh, Well, thank you. That's that's the idea. So I hope you're getting that kind of feedback. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I don't know. I know we've got a good lineup for today's episode. I don't have a whole lot to share today, unfortunately, from Michigan. As far as my report, I did hunt four days. Um, I guess I mean, I guess I do have stuff to share. It's not necessarily exciting. But um, I'm I, look at me. I'm just like kind of going off on wild tangents. In Michigan, my, my rut radio report in Michigan was that we've had hot weather and that led to pretty slow deer movement. And it kind of looks like that's going to be the case for like the next two weeks. Like our long-term forecast for the most part is, uh, is pretty warm. There's a few little cold fronts in there that might be spikes of activity, but in general, it's kind of a dire long-term forecast for me here in Southern Michigan, at least. Um, what's, what's going on up in your neck of the woods? Uh, well, I couldn't tell you because I have not been out now in quite a while. So I am not... Oh, yeah, the great white hunter kills the giant. That's right. <laughs> I'm not accustomed to filling a tag in September, but that's what I did this year. So I do not have much intel on South Dakota. But for the rest of the country, the people I talked to this week, we have Brody Swisher in Tennessee with bowhunting.com. Then Justin Lonclo with Louisiana Bowhunter in Louisiana. Then we have Brett Joy in New Hampshire with Parallel 43. And Ben Harshine in Iowa with Huntera Mapping. 
Now, all nice. four of those guys um, kind of touched on the same two things. Right now, it's the food sources and the weather. There's been a change in the food sources. Um, you know, as you might expect, the oaks are becoming really popular, and that's really been suppressing deer movement as far as uh, visible deer movement, I guess. And then the other thing is the weather. Um, the people who give us favorable reports are like coming off of a cold front, and the people who give us poor reports are going to be going into a cold front. So you kind of have both ends of the scale there, um, and you'll notice that this week from Louisiana uh, all the way to Iowa. Interesting. Well, that that certainly makes sense, and that's that's right in line with what I've been seeing and, and from what I've been hearing too. So I hope I hope that next week I'm going to have a good report for you and a good story to tell because there is a cold front hitting tomorrow. Well, actually, when this podcast airs, it will be that day. There's a cold front hitting in Michigan. Temperatures are dropping from the day before by like at least where I'm at by like 13 degrees, and there's going to be really rainy all morning and then stopping in the afternoon. And so I'm going to sneak deep into a piece of public land that I scouted this spring and try to use that wind and rain to get in there undetected and set in set up close to a buck bed that I found this spring. So hopefully I'm going to have a successful public land story for you next week. Yeah, in the Midwest, that sounds exactly like what Ben Harshine just talked about. He picked out Wednesday and Sunday as two days in particular where the weather looks really favorable. And I think yeah. this time of year, you'd probably agree, but uh, it's all about you know playing the hand that's dealt to you. And so it's not being too aggressive if it's 85 degrees during the day. Um, it's If you get a cold front, maybe hunting one of those better stands. But for the most part, the ideal scenario right now is probably just to hold out for another you know week or two uh, until we hit better pre rut uh, or until you know better weather comes. Yeah, yeah, I hundred percent agree. Or you know if you if you you know lots of people can only hunt when they got the time to hunt. And so what I what I always recommend is if it's poor conditions but you still want to hunt, just go to a piece of public land that you're not worried about messing up. Or if you've got several different pieces of ground you can hunt and there's one that you're not really expecting to try to target a buck, you know, go there and hunt for some does or just go enjoy a nice night in the woods. But don't go mucking up your best stuff if you don't have, you know, the right factors, the right conditions that could make it, you know, higher odds. Exactly. Well, hopefully you'll be listening to this on Wednesday and uh, somebody will have, you know, a great hunt to report on like we talk about in the episode. I think that's a good plan. I hope that happens for everybody out there. So Spencer, I will let you take it from here. All right. Talk to you next week, Mark. Thanks, man. Before we get to our first update though, let's pause to thank our sponsors at Sitka Gear. For this week's Sitka story, we're joined by Sitka ambassador Jess DeLorenzo, who tells us about harvesting her first Merriam's turkey. So we headed out to Nebraska, myself and uh, my media partner, Jake LaTondras, and we were hunting with uh, Prairie Rock Outfitters out there. This was my first time archery hunting for a Merriam's bird. I hadn't had one on my list yet. So um, it was kind of a combination of a big game hunt and big game terrain mixed with turkey hunting, which was really exciting. Um, we had spotted a couple toms and tried to call them in, and it was just not happening. And finally, one night, we uh, found a roost tree and set up nearby and the action was just incredible there were so many birds coming in and uh, I was able to get a shot off on one of the nicest times that came in and he played with the decoys and we got some great footage 
and I put a really nice shot on them. And then we just ended the night with uh, the sun setting in the uh, Wildcat Hills in Nebraska with my first Merriam's bird, which was super, super exciting. On Jess's hunt, she was wearing Sitka's sub-alpine camo in the women's line. If you'd like to create a Sitka story of your own and to learn more about Sitka's technical hunting apparel, visit sitkagear.com. Okay, and joining us on the line first this week is Brody Swisher, the editor of bowhunting.com. Now, Brody, in Tennessee, what would you say the deer activity has been lately on a scale of 1 to 10? Scale of 1 to 10, I would say uh, we're probably, we are probably in that, I'm going to say 5, honestly. Uh, uh, just just with the transition, uh, what we're seeing right now, um, you know, Call it the lull, call it um, just, in my mind, again, it's just that transition period. You know, we've had these uh, bean fields. Uh, I've yelled it out for the most part. And uh, so we're seeing that transition from the deer in the fields, hammering the beans, to now all of a sudden disappear. And uh, and so, uh, you know, those guys continue to sit there and, and, and you know, they'll cry the, cry the tears about the lull. Uh, but those deer, honestly, they're just transitioning. We're seeing that activity that was out and visible from the optics and sitting there watching fields and, and the post positions out there uh now all of a sudden all of a sudden they're they're not there and they're just kind of slipping off and it's uh for our area our neck of the woods it's it's white oaks dropping hitting the ground they've not disappeared they're not laying low it's just they've moved on the food source and so the visibility wise it's gotten tough yeah we uh we're in our second week of season now going into our third week i guess now and uh, that first couple of weeks, we were seeing the, the bucks still batched up and uh, tolerating each other. And then the velvet came off, and, and all of a sudden, they're just a different creature. And uh, began to see less and less of the big bucks. And uh, those little bucks are what we're seeing now out in the open. And uh, the big bucks have slaked off a little bit, holding tighter to cover. So uh, the activity, yeah, it's, it's definitely backed off in the last two weeks since opening day. I'd say it's in that five to six range as far as activity. Uh, but it's just a matter of getting in there tighter to cover and finding that food source that they're hitting right now. Well, Brody, how aggressive do you think hunters should be in that area then uh, if they need to get a little deeper in the woods? Yeah, man, I think it, you know, to me, it really goes on what they're finding from those trail cameras, you know, and, and, I, and I hate to get so locked into, uh, you know, relying on the trail camera, but man, it, it is, it's that recon, it's that uh, most you know, recent information telling you what they're doing right now and, and, and the guy that's got that and that intel and can say hey you know what these deer are on this consistent pattern here they can be a little more aggressive you know uh, but i think a lot of guys think oh man they're they're not in the bean fields they're not out in the corn stubble they've got to be off in the timber they just take off blindly uh looking for that needle in a haystack and, and take off through the timber and i think they can do a lot of a lot of damage real quick when they just throw all regard to the wind out the window and just take off in that cover but uh again going back to those trail cameras uh, that to me tells me I can be a little more aggressive. I know they're coming in and out here. They're using this food source here, and then and therefore you can you can play that wind. But uh, the guy that just takes off gets aggressive with no regard to wind direction and, and how they approach those uh, timber food sources. Uh, I think does a lot more harm than good. I still like to play play it a little safe, you know, at this time of season, uh, mid uh, early to mid October. Um, unless I know uh, I've got that that timber food source those acorns where i know i can get in slip into cover uh and not bust out um you know i'm going to play a little more safe and back off again if i if i know exactly through trail cameras where i I know those deer are doing how they're hanging out and i can get around that that food source in the timber or that bedding in the timber 
uh, not blow them out with the wind, uh, then I'll get more aggressive. And uh, it's a great tactic early season. You know? But a lot of that, again, goes back to what you're seeing on that trail camera, uh, that information you're getting, uh, and, and just being able to get in and out without busting that, uh, busting that cover and uh, blowing them out too quick in the season. You know, a lot of guys do that very thing and, and wonder where the deer went. But they've, uh, again, just uh, disregarded any of their – uh, wind directions and, and just put too much pressure too quick on that on that particular deer herd. Now, are you personally hunting any mornings yet, or are you still uh, strictly hunting evenings? Yeah, I've got a couple places that I, I'll catch. Uh, my my personal property here is fifty acres that I live on. It's just a little track, uh, mostly timber, and and it's just a perfect funnel between ag country across the road, ag fields across the road, and then. Uh, a big bottom on the back end so it's just it's just a, a perfect funnel for deer and i can slip in catch them coming back across the road and so i hit some mornings around here and, and that's how you know it's honestly been it's been slow you know we've had beans that yell it out quick across the road and and uh, we just not have the activity in the morning so afternoons have uh, honestly been where the activity's been for me uh, very little action in the mornings uh, very little you know seen very little in the morning so it's it's definitely been uh, thus far it's, it's been afternoon hunts and um in those ag fields and uh, again that's that's changing right now i just uh, hunted a corn stubble field the other night and the deer have been there uh, it was adjacent to a bean field that they've uh, been in uh, real hard the first two weeks and then uh, again this corn field got cut and uh, a lot of corn on the ground in that corn field you know just going through the other night looking and so there's been, you know, deer in that, that field every night, last couple of nights. And so uh, that's kind of where I've shifted gears coming off that yellowed out uh, bean field, going in that corn stubble. And then, uh, again, just trying to pick off some spots where I can slip into the timber and, uh, you know, plan the wind and do it right and get in the timber and try to get close to those uh, white oak food sources. That's where they're between the corn stubble and, and white oaks. That's really where I'm seeing the activity right now. Well, going forward in this next week or so, what do you think the deer activity is going to be then in Tennessee? You know, I think, I think guys, uh, we are finally getting the first, uh, I don't want to even say cold snap because it's not cold snap, but it's going from uh, 88 degrees we had yesterday. Tomorrow's going to be down in the low 70s, I believe, for the high. So we're finally getting some of that cooler weather that I anticipate will help out. I mean, we've had deer uh, in, a lot of, in a lot of situations. You know, my truck camps, I'm seeing deer – running the night shift, you know, just almost doing the nocturnal thing. And, and uh, a lot of that, I think, is just hot. A lot of that, I think, is because guys hammered it out the first week of the season and put them that pressure and bumped them back. But uh, I really love to see, uh, you know, some of that activity picking up, some cooler weather uh, and, you know, food sources getting uh, – concentrating those deer a little better. You know, you get you get bean fields and corn fields and, and all the – you know, all the food sources at one time, some white oaks dropping, persimmons, and there's so much food. Uh, oftentimes those deer don't have to go far, and the beans yellow out, and the corn gets picked, and, and uh, some of those, you know, persimmons run out, and it just gets to where, you know, now you can start to concentrate. Food sources are uh, definitely more concentrating for those deer, and uh, you can start picking away at those those hot spots and where they are now instead of just a smorgasbord of food for them out there. Uh, so I think we're definitely going to see that. Uh, this next week is again with cooler temperatures, and then just uh, as we ramp up towards the pre-rut. So based on the you know cooler temperatures and, and concentration on food sources, I think you know we're going to be looking this next week or two, you know, bumping up to that seven seven out of ten uh, as far as deer activity here in West Tennessee.
All right, well, thanks for joining me this week, Brody. I look forward to talking to you on later in the season. Thanks, Spencer. Appreciate your time. All right, and joining us on the line next is the founder of LouisianaBowHunter.com, Justin Lonclo. Now, Justin, in Louisiana, what would you say the deer activity has been lately on a scale of 1 to 10? I'd give it about a six and a half. We've uh, had some extremely high temperatures here lately with the uh, heat index and triple digits. Uh, it's It's been extremely dry for about the past six weeks, and uh, deer just aren't moving a whole lot during the day right now. Now, you are located where at in Louisiana, Justin? What would you say the deer activity has been like in the rest of the state um, beyond your reach? I'm in southwest Louisiana. Um, now, in the rest of the state, uh, a lot of the deer are still on their summer patterns. So some guys have been having some pretty good luck uh, catching some big bucks that are still uh, moving on their same summer patterns, going back and forth between feed and bedding. Now, what do the summer patterns look like in Louisiana as far as um, what bedding is and what food is? Uh, for the bucks, the the food is going to be uh, usually cutovers of some sort. Most of our area is uh, consists of logging company property, um, so you've got fresh cutovers. They're going to have a lot of browse. Uh, the, the bucks will tend to uh, hang out in that and uh, and eat there as well. Now it's been extremely dry the past few weeks, so the acorns have started to drop prematurely, uh, and those are really good areas to key on as well. So besides those summer patterns, uh, are you seeing some rutting activity in the state? Yes, absolutely. Uh, in my area, I've noticed the, uh, the tarsal glands starting to get dark. Uh, Louisiana has a, a pretty interesting story. It was restocked uh, back in the 60s with deer as far away as from Wisconsin. Uh, so you can hunt the rut pretty much at any point between September and February. Uh, the southwest part of the state where I'm at, the deer will be starting to rut heavy literally any day are you seeing a lot of uh rut sign as far as scrapes and rubs right now i'm not seeing uh i haven't seen any scrapes or rubs in my area yet i have seen some guys from other parts of the state uh reporting scrapes and rubs um i said the only rut activity i've seen is uh in my area the bachelor groups have split up um i was watching one group of about six bucks um they've they split up about a month ago and, uh, and I, I have noticed that their tarsal glands are getting dark as well. Uh, I've also noticed that the does have kicked out their, um, I've been watching a doe that's got a, uh, a set of twin fawns and she's no longer with them. So I assume she's going to be going into estrus here pretty soon. Well, what does a typical setup look like for you this time of year? Are you hunting mornings or more evenings? Uh, it's pretty much mornings right now just because it's it's coolest. Uh, you know, the heat index is up over 100 in the evenings, and uh, some of my morning activity has been later morning, um, so I've been able to get in and uh, take advantage of the slightly cooler weather in the mornings. It's, it's just too hot and uh, too many mosquitoes right now for me at this point. Uh, we do have a cold front coming through actually right now. It's raining, and I'm uh, going to have some, some much cooler temperatures here over the next few days. Well, speaking of that cold front, do you think that's going to change the deer activity in this next week or so? And what do you think that's going to look like on a scale of 1 to 10? Definitely. The weather change is, is one of the most effect, effective things to uh, to hunt, especially here in Louisiana. Um, it, cold fronts here can be drastic. You know, We can go from being in the 80s and the 90s to being in the 30s or 40s within a 24-hour period. Um, I'd like to think in my area it's going to bump it up to a 7 or an 8. Um, as far as the rest of the state goes, it'll, it'll bump it up as well. 
Uh, the cooler the temperatures, the more the deer are going to be on their feet, especially during the daytime. Okay, Justin. Well, I hope you're able to take advantage of that cold front and good luck this year. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Before we get to our next call, let's stop to thank our sponsors at Whitetail Properties. And this week with Whitetail Properties, we are joined by Brandon Swartzlander, a land specialist out of Illinois. And Brandon is going to be telling us about what to look for when buying a property as a non-resident. I think most importantly, at first, you need to identify what it is that you're looking for in terms of whether it be investment, recreation, hunting, um, what you can afford, what you can't afford. And then I think the second piece of that would be to seek out some local knowledge and whether that's, you know, a, a, a certified land specialist or, or someone who really understands what's, what's happening in, in, in that world. And I think there are, there are, res, there are great residential agents and there are great uh, land specialists who, who, and I think that there's, there's certainly a difference between what they do and what they represent. Um, but most importantly, it's just trying to identify what it is that you want. Um, lots of people come and they say, well, I, I think I want to spend this, this amount um, or I want to have this many acreage. And, and you just have to try and marry up those two. But again, I think most importantly, it just falls back to finding someone who understands what it is in a given area. I mean, just take Illinois, for example, that's a huge state. So it, it really it varies from what happens in the north from what happens in the south as far as how land goes. Price is different. Uh, um, geography is different. So uh, I think that's that's probably the, 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 the best key is to have someone who, who really understands those and, and can help you find what you're looking for. If you'd like to learn more and to see the properties that Brandon currently has listed for sale, visit whitetailproperties.com backslash Swartzlander. That's S-W-A-R-T-Z-L-A-N-D. D-E-R. All right, and joining us on the line next is host of Parallel 43 in New Hampshire, Brett Joy. Now, Brett, what would you say the deer activity has been lately on a scale of 1 to 10? I would say it's been a 2 or 3, if I had to guess. I think it's probably pretty difficult to get down to a 1, but it's been pretty poor, so I'd go with a 2 or 3 right now. Why... uh, such a poor number is that something that is typical for early october for you guys or is this abnormal um i'd say it's more typical than abnormal the reason that it's um typical is because at least the last five or six years i've had an exceptional mass crop uh, specifically red oaks in the areas that we hunt and that really subdues deer movement they don't have to move far to get food um typically our bedding and feeding since we're in a heavily timbered area is a is one and the same pretty much. So they're they're just getting up off their belly, moving 10 yards, eating acorns and lying back down. So that's pretty typical of uh, late September, early October in New Hampshire. But the thing that's really subduing the movement on top of the mass uh, crop is the weather. The weather has been uh, above average, I think, most of the deer season so far, the first you know five or six weeks that it's been open. So um, they just aren't moving far. That with the mass crop, it makes for really tough hunting and really kind of poor deer activity. Now, how aggressive have you been then if, uh, you know, it's it's that tough to get close to deer right now? I might personally haven't been that aggressive. I haven't been hunting much. I've been monitoring trail cameras. I think there's two, two schools of thought on this. One is to monitor your cameras, wait for a cold front until you start getting you know, more daylight buck activity and then move in. Or you can get aggressive early, um, hunt a bunch of different spots, hunt bedding areas essentially. I've chose the first option just because I have one deer in particular that I'm hunting now, and I don't think 
he's going anywhere. So I just don't want to push the envelope too early in the season. Um, so right now I'm waiting on a cold front and uh, I'm going to go from there. Hypothetically speaking in that area, what if you had uh, food plots or a different food source? Would the deer potentially be hitting that? Or do you think it's just acorns across the board right now? Um, no, there's definitely some variety. They're not going to eat, you know, only oaks, but it is definitely the number one thing they're keying in on. I um, I have some food plots up here as well. I am getting pictures of, of some mature bucks on food plots, but it's middle of the night. So I think that's kind of an afterthought at this point. Um, it seems like right after, you know, the third week in September through the middle of October, uh, red and white oaks are the, the number one food source. So that's going to be what you have, what you can focus on. I mean, you could definitely probably kill a buck on a food plot or a green field or maybe in a cut. Um, but I don't, I think that's more of the exception than the rule this time of year. Well, are you seeing any scrapes or rubs? Um, you just talked about trail cameras a little bit. Where are those located at? Yeah, I have actually, I actually did some scouting yesterday. Um, and I, I found some, some fresh rubs and scrapes in an area that I was hoping to see them in. So, yeah, most of my cameras this time of year are definitely on scrapes, either scrapes of deer made themselves or mock scrapes. And I am starting to see that activity. I think that the warm weather has probably suppressed that a little little uh, more than normal. I usually see a little more than I am right now. But I think the next cold front should really ramp up that activity, should get those deer moving um, you know, a little more at night out exploring, whereas they just aren't going far right now. Now, going forward in this next week or so, what do you think the buck activity is going to be like then on a scale of 1 to 10? I think it's probably going to be, oh, I'd say it could get up to a 6 or 7. We have a cold front that's supposed to come in the middle of this week. Well, I say cold front. It's, it's really just a cool front. It's only a few degrees below, probably our seasonal average for this time of year. But since we've been in the 70s and 80s, these last you know three, four weeks, I'd say it's going to get them on the feet. Um so I'd say it's going to be pretty good. The only thing that's keeping it obviously from being a little higher than that, maybe like a seven to, or sorry, an eight to 10 would probably be the mass crop. That's still going to play a big factor and subdue their movement to an extent. So, All right, Brett. Well, thanks for joining me. Look forward to checking out Parallel 43 on Carbon TV. Good luck this year. Thanks, Spencer. You too. All right. And joining us on the line last is Ben Harshine, the founder of Hontero Mapping and a land specialist for Whitetail Properties. Now, Ben, in Iowa, what would you say the deer activity has been lately on a scale of 1 to 10? I would I would say with these different weather patterns and some cooler weather and some change coming in, you can be having some 6, 7, or 8, I would say. Uh, you can have some really good sits. Uh, everything else in between, you know, this this warm weather, it's notorious for early October. I would say, you know, you're down at your twos or threes. Um, I think it's, I don't want to say a waste of time, but you're, you're hurting yourself unless you're, you're hunting these, these weather fronts that are coming through. Um, specifically what I like in the next 10 days, uh, we've, we've had historically some really warm weather that, um, is, is setting up any sort of precipitation or, or cool weather or, um, a change in wind direction is interesting to me. Uh, I'll be out tomorrow night. Um, we're basically getting uh, a lot of rain right now, and, and uh, we're going to get a, a strong northeast uh, wind tomorrow dying down as far as the, the wind speed around prime time. So I'll definitely be out tomorrow night, which would be Wednesday. And and then uh, the next 
the next uh, weather that looks good to me will be would be Sunday. So um, I know that what what guys are seeing right now uh, is a lot of uh, there's just a ton of acorns. It's a huge mass crop this year, at least in the heartland, and um, that can be preventing a lot of trail cam pictures of deer that you maybe expect should be there. Um, not a ton of movement, but the guys that are hunting food is either you know, seeing deer on acorns or, or green plots in the evening. All right, well, Wednesday and Sunday, put it on the calendars, Iowa listeners. But, Ben, you were talking about the weather front uh, making those couple days so good. So far in October, have you gotten a chance to take advantage of some of those weather fronts? Um, let's see here. I, I, I've only got one sit-in. Uh, that would have been um, last Wednesday, I believe, um, I really wanted to get out on Saturday. Last Saturday was, I believe, the best sit of the season uh, so far for for an, uh, here in Iowa. Um, I had a number of different clients that I, I've been in contact with and, and some friends as well. Um, Saturday looked really good as far as how um, the the weather was was uh, really stagnant and stale and warm all the way up into a bunch of rain Saturday morning. Uh, things cooled off and, and some really heavy winds throughout the day leading into prime time where those winds dropped down to 15 to 10, um, put a bunch of deer in, in front of people. I had really everybody that sat that night that I, that I know saw bucks, two, were, uh, two of them killed, two of my contacts killed and, and, uh, um, other ones saw mature deer out in the, out in the field. So that, that was just a classic, uh, that was a classic scenario of, of this warm weather setting up for, for a cold front to come through or some precipitation or just some drastic change, uh, in direction of wind or whatnot. That was a really low pressure day. Um, but deer were still out hot and heavy. So, um, that's what I'm looking for in, uh, early to mid October. Now with that good deer movement that some of your contacts saw, uh, do you know if they were seeing any rutting activity yet as far as scrapes, rubs, sparring, any stuff like that? Uh, yeah, we're, uh, pre pre-rut um pre-rut's not even the the, the term yet we're, we're before that but uh the beginning signs of uh you know some scrapes uh, uh scrapes popping especially with this this rain that's coming through i i would imagine they're going to be a lot more visible and scratching the ground a, a lot more here in the in the coming days um my specific property as of last week just started to have a couple scrapes show up but um, on, on the other hand, I've talked to guys that have uh, been seeing scrapes prevalent uh, throughout and some bigger ones where, where they're at. So um, I, I would say that uh, it's going to be about that time where, um, you know, more and more rubs are going to be showing up, more and larger scrapes will be showing up. And, and when you get some cooler evenings, you're going to see at least some of the younger deer coming out and, and sniffing around um, some of these does in, the, in, in addition to, to grabbing a bite to eat, um, but still too early to be talking pretty right yet. Well, it sounds like you like the forecast coming up. Uh, what would you say the deer activity in Iowa there is going to be on a scale of one to 10 in this next week or so? Well, I would say, uh, I'm going to say Wednesday night um, is going to be, um, I'll, I'll just shoot and say it's going to be a seven. We'll go for a seven. I'm not really putting anything up to, towards a eight, nine, or ten, you know, until we get closer to the end of October. But I would say you're looking at a seven on on 
uh, seven or an eight on Wednesday and then uh, Sunday as well. Um, got some warm weather leading into showers uh, and then some pressure that'll be rising Sunday into Monday. So let's put those at a seven as well. All right, Ben. Well, good luck on those sits and look forward to talking to you later this fall. Okay. Thanks a lot. And that's going to be it, folks. And as you heard Ben say and a few other people, you know, we got that cold front coming across some of the Midwest right now. I know it's hitting for me today, Wednesday, as this podcast is dropping. So in just a matter of hours, I'm going to be sneaking out into some public land. Fingers are crossed. And good luck to any of you that are going to be hunting this week or weekend. Hope it goes well for you. So that said, I want to give a big thank you to our partners at Sitka Gear, Yeti Coolers, Matthews Archery, Maven Optics, the Whitetail Institute of North America, Trophy Ridge, and Hunter Maps. And finally, of course, thank you for listening. Thanks for taking some time out of your busy day to tune into the Wired Hunt Podcast. We appreciate it. And like I said earlier, if you're hitting the woods, good luck and stay wired to hunt. Outdoor adventure won't wait for engine problems. Things like hard starts, rough performance, and lost fuel economy are often caused by fuel gum and varnish buildup. Seafoam can help your engine run better and last longer. You simply pour a can into your gas tank. Hunters and anglers rely on seafoam to keep their engines running the way it should the entire season. So pick up a can of seafoam today at your local auto parts store or visit seafoamworks.com to learn more. First Light has always made the world's best base layers. They're warm, breathable, silent, and odor resistant. But the women's fit and the gear weren't meeting our demands, so we went back to the beginning and rebuilt everything. Re-engineering the gear with the most dedicated female hunters in mind, First Light modernized the fit and added more sizes, colors, and camo patterns. I personally have been testing the women's gear over the last couple of years, uh, from the mountains in Idaho to the plains in Nebraska, and I feel like the fit especially has landed in a much better spot. It's more true to size. It's not as tight and binding in certain areas like a lot of women's fit. Uh, all of the pieces, to me, got an all-around upgrade. It's awesome to see. So for yourself or as a gift this Mother's Day, pick up First Light's new women's merino wool and get free shipping on all orders containing women's gear. Available now at F-I-R-S-T-L-I-T-E dot com.